Hello, everyone. My name is Amy Vanderpool, and this is my first episode of Shiro that I've decided to entitle, Is This Bitch Serious? I probably should have put a period after that instead of a question mark because anyone who knows me at all knows, oh yeah, I'm serious. So it's more like, is this this bitch serious? Like, come on. Anyway, this is my first episode, so everyone needs to just... Cut me a little slack because I have no clue what I'm doing, which aligns really well with a few things I'm going to talk about, which mostly is my career. I have no idea what I'm doing generally in life, and it seems to be working out really well on my career path and what I'm doing, so I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Um, Also, I hope people will call in. Ooh, I can see listeners. My producer girls, Olivia and Avery, I love you. Oh. Shout out to my cousin, Corey, in Omaha, Nebraska. She's listening. Love you. Um, anyway, I – what was I talking about, you guys? Oh, the whole point of this podcast and this experience on Colin is, first of all, I love the premise that Colin has, which is it's more of a platform where we can all come and have a discussion, which means in these platforms like Twitter and Facebook and Insta, where you're really limited on your interaction and it's all written, this is somewhere where we can talk back and forth. You can call in through this app. There's a little phone icon that's just under your name. You have to find it somewhere. It's in that profile. It's very easy to navigate. The whole call-in template is so easy. It's gorgeous. Anyway, you just call in and you sit in a queue. So you can hang out and listen, sit in the queue. I'm going to take calls. Um, You can ask questions. We can talk about what's going on. And the whole point of that is that we can get a lot more nuance, a lot more information. We can really talk about things. So I'm able to answer a lot of questions that I can't, that, that are just not easy to answer on Twitter. I mean, cause let me, it is really hard answering a complicated legal slash political civics question on Twitter. When somebody's asking me, you know, how is it that the Senate can vote in this way and they can't do this? And what options do we have to do this? It's multifaceted. There's a lot to say. I, I can't even get into it on the Twitter. So we can do that here. The other cool thing is that um, Colin and my producers, the, lady, the ladies that I just mentioned, they are going to be working on scheduling a lot of great guests. I am too. But so the people that I've been talking with on Twitter, the people that I've gotten to know that I think really know their stuff or that maybe have a different opinion than I do, I'm going to have them on and then we can talk. Um, because I think in this day and age, everybody gets so our team, their team, and we have to like be – a hundo on what we're talking about all the time, like a hundred percent in agreement. And I don't think that's good ever because it's never going to push the dial. You know, you want somebody who is maybe a little bit smarter than you or knows a little bit more than you, who has a really good point or perspective that you never thought of. That's going to really push you to think about something else or to contemplate it or to just decide, no, I really don't believe that. I believe what I already did. It just makes your argument better. It makes what you think more prominent. It's good all around. And the discourse will be elevated, which is something that is really lacking. I think the other cool thing that I'm going to try to do is, um, 
if you follow me on Twitter, or if you are a supporter of my Shiro newsletter, you can go to shiro.substack.com, where I write a weekly newsletter, and that is just my passion. I love it. I'm so excited. I've built a great little tribe over there, and we have a great time. But those things tend to be more formal. I'm doing more explanatory, journalistic work, um, so it's a little more professional, a little more elevated, and Twitter, I have to be a little more professional. I mean, my sense of humor comes out a little bit more there. But frankly, after I got suspended that time for that nonsense copyright claim, nonsense, um, I just, I was like, it's not worth it. I'm not going to risk it. So I really walk on eggshells about things I would say. Here, I'm going to try to loosen up a little bit and just be more me and Think of it like, you know, you and I are having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, you know, whatever time of day it is for you. And we're just relaxing and having a convo that's super fun, you know, like like we're the best of friends and we just want to talk about some stuff. So that's more what this is going to be, just more of what I'm doing at Twitter, more of what I'm doing at Shiro, but extended to a more diverse group with a lot more people, a lot more kinds of people, and just a little more relaxed of an environment. That's the goal. So that was a lot. Um, A little bit about me. I was a lawyer, um, a practicing lawyer for a while, and it, it just never really worked out for me. I loved it in that I loved helping people. I wanted to be an advocate and I wanted to help people. But it, it just, it was really hard to get jobs that I liked or to to feel valued there. Um, you know, in case anybody doesn't know it, uh, lawyers in the lawyer community, women make 64 cents to the dollar that men do. So the wage gap is no joke. And let me tell you, if you don't come from an Ivy League law school and you don't filter into practicing law in the state where you went to law school, which for me was Oklahoma, yikes, um, no offense to Oklahoma, hi y'all, um, then you don't uh, really get a lot of opportunity and I wasn't going to stay in Oklahoma. So it was really hard coming to DC with all of the lawyers that were here, not having an Ivy League background, not having a really, you know, solid resume built straight out of law school and finding work where they weren't just, you know, uh, working me to the bone. And so I did that for a while. I had my first real job that I loved um, where I was, you know, doing 70 to 80 hour a week, uh, hours a week. And it, literally almost killed me. And so then I, I did a more slow pace, moved, tried that. It just wasn't for me. I never really felt recognized or seen. And I felt like in the legal community, if you're at all creative or artistic or different, um, they try to just really stamp that fire out of you real quick. They don't appreciate it. The other interesting thing about lawyers, I'll tell you right now, um, sorry to all of my friends who are lawyers who are listening, but you guys know this and you're not this way. That's why we're friends. But lawyers in general, they tend to be incredibly stingy and selfish with regard to helping out people or doing favors where they don't get something back. And I'm a very, you know, if I know you and I like you and there's something I can help you with or a job I can get you or help you with, then I'm not thinking, oh, it's going to take my spot. So I can't do it. Oh God, I need the spot for me. I better save it, better hoard it. You know, like I think the world is, the universe rewards that you help somebody out. It's always going to come back to you when you need it. It's kind of like, you know, doing your part. And 
I just, I did that and it never came back. And what's worse is not only did it not come back, it, um, it, it, they were just like stingy people, stingy. So it just, it wasn't, I didn't fit. So I wanted to try, I, I guess the truth is, you know, when they ask you, oh, what's your dream job? What's the job you would do if you could do anything? And mine was to write essays for uh, women feminist essays about modern women and about legal issues that we really needed to be paying attention to. You know, there, there was a time several years ago when Republican women were going on and on and on about how the biggest issue facing us was eminent domain. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it's a, a legal principle where the government can take your land if they need it for a federal purpose. And Republicans were super psyched about, you know, making everybody afraid that that their land was going to get taken or something was going to happen, which is part of what's led us to here. So I thought, you know, if there are people trying to convince women that eminent domain is the real threat, when most women in this country still cannot access a safe, affordable abortion in certain areas, and when, you know, when I was in law school in Oklahoma, um, pharmacists were legally allowed to take prescriptions for birth control pills and then not return them and then tell women that they refused to fill them on the basis that it went against their religion. And this was in towns where there was no other pharmacy for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. This was the only option for these women. And they it, it was insane to me. So I thought, you know, eminent domain is not the issue. And look where we are now. We're sitting on the precipice of knock on wood, Roe v. Wade, hopefully, I don't know, that's a whole nother show, and I'm going to put that one on hold, but the reason I do this is because it's my passion, it's what I always wanted to do, and there just came a point in life before the 2016 election where I thought, if I'm ever going to try to do my dream job and live my dream job, I better do it now before I start a family, before I really have to rely on income that I have, when I can really just risk it. This is sort of the last chance, and I was really excited about the fact that we were going to elect Hillary Clinton president, and and things were going to be great, and I was going to do a nonprofit, and it was fabulous. And that did not happen. So I came here regardless and decided that nothing really changed. In fact, if anything, I needed to move to Washington, D.C. more than ever because Donald Trump was going to kill us all. And, I mean, we're still here, but barely, you know, like – I'm reco- I don't know how many of you out there have had COVID or have been sick or are recovering, but I'm on my third round of it now. And it's not, I'm not saying Donald Trump created COVID, but he did not help things at all. So, um, you know, that's where that is. Anyway, I came to DC. I wanted to make a difference. I've always been passionate about government and civics and politics and the law. And so I thought, you know, this is the time. And I just became an independent journalist. I started a Twitter account from nothing and still don't have a blue check on Twitter. Still don't have a blue check on Twitter. But you know what? I have a blue check on Colin here where we are. So shout out to Colin. Anyway, um, so I just started my Twitter and I just decided I was going to be myself, figure out, do what I was good at, sort of develop what I was doing as I, as I did it, see what got response, what worked. And I happened to be kind of good at the Twitter. It worked out. And I just developed things after that. Opportunities came. 
they didn't just fall in my lap, but they were there because I was working hard. I was working towards something and things just started to align, which made me feel like I was finally in the right place again, which, you know, pro tip, if you are, if you are a competent, hardworking, smart person who is putting everything into their career and they constantly feel like they are hitting a brick wall, you need to reassess because when you're in the right place, opportunities will align for you. And it's not that you don't have to work hard. You always have to work hard. But when you're doing what you love, it does not feel like hard work. It feels like hard, wonderful work. And it goes by in a flash. And it's the most enjoyable thing you can do. And I really wish that everybody had this experience in their life because it's a game changer. It's a total game changer. So the bottom line of all this that I wanted to really impress upon everybody here is I never really have an idea of what I'm doing. Like if I could insert that GIF right now, the little astronaut dog doing the moonwalk, you know, where the meme under him says, I have no idea what I'm doing. That's me most of the time. But the key is you've got to trust your gut and your instinct, and you've got to just sort of pivot and roll with it and figure it out as you go, which is half of the fun. It's not a lot of fun for me. I'm somebody who likes to plan everything, but I'm getting better at it, and it's it's starting to become fun. And so that's something that I always thought wasn't going to get me anywhere that actually is. So I'm I'm learning how to relax with that, just go with the flow, and the idea that you can decide what your career is, you know, there's there's no job description here. I'm literally writing it. Who gets to do that? I mean, come on. I better stop talking about this because I'm not bragging about it. I just want you all to know that that's possible. And you should you should try to do that if that's what you want to do in your life. You should you should have what you like and you should love what you do because you're valuable. Anyway, so there's been a lot happening this week, too, that I want to talk about. I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, totally forgot. Grab yourself a beverage, settle in, uh, depending on what time of the day it is for you, get a cup of coffee, get a glass of wine, depending on where you're headed, what you're doing. Relax. We're going to hang out for a minute. Um, Let's see. Ooh, I have a caller on the line. How exciting. It's my mother. How cute is that, you guys? Okay, let's see how this works out if I take her. Okay. Jana, are you there? Can you hear me now? Okay. Mom, I'm just going to let you know you have your thing on mute. So the little mute thing with the arrow, or the X through it, you got to take that off, babe. Okay. Hey. How's that now? Oh, my God. There you are. There you are. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably tell people right now who are listening that we sound nearly identical. And I, I mean, unless you really know us well. <laughs> Even our inflections are similar, so I was threatening you earlier today. I said, you know, the only thing that's going to make us sound different is if I, like, start cussing a lot. <laughs> and I said, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, you said, fuck that. Sorry. Amy. So, I'm sorry. Oh, just... my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Mom, we're adults having an adult conversation. It's fine. That was a joke. Okay. <gasps> Plus, that got a lot of likes just now. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Okay, everybody's laughing. Listen. Okay. Oh, Listen. moms, say hi to Corey. She's listening. Corey? <laughs> Corey, are you there, honey? That's my cousin, everybody. Okay, anyway, listen. So, oh. mom? What? Okay, so here's what I want to talk about. This thing happened this week on Twitter where some jackhole was being a jerk. It, I had a lot of anti-vaxxers coming after me this week, and... um. 
I, I don't know why I was the account du jour, but whatever. So they were coming after me, and this one asshat said, uh, you snarky witch. That guy was just asking a question in the comments. And so I responded above it in a quote tweet, it's snarky bitch to you. And I did that for several reasons. One, the word bitch doesn't bother me. In fact, if anything, it empowers me. And two, I wanted to make, I I have this thing on my Twitter account where I like to respond to trolls and hecklers in a way where other women who don't feel as confident will see it and maybe they'll feel more empowered to, you know, to speak out and just not take that crap. So I, and it worked. I felt good about it. I got the response I wanted. Um, but you and I have had this conversation where you're not really comfortable with that word. Not at all. Not okay. At all. And see, I think it breaks down into two different, uh, two different things. Like there are people who are using the word bitch that you love and you trust that are using it out of respect and love and trust. And, and you, you know that they love you, so you don't have to be as afraid that they're attacking you with it. And I then there are people. Like I know, and there are people who are clearly attacking you with it. Okay, so it's like there's 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 the nice bitch. Are you going to be a good witch or a bad witch? You know, there's good bitch, bad bitch. But I like both because. Well, you go first. Tell me why you (laughs) – what's the problem? Remember the other day when I tried it out with you and I said, bitch, please, and you just lost your mind? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I've always lost my mind when people say it, even though they're people that I love, that I know love me. um, It's it's Talk into your speaker. Talk really into your speaker. Okay. There. It's more – it's better? Yes. It's more modern, if you will, but I don't like the modernization of the acceptance by women to be called that word. It's a, it's a bad word to me, and it's, okay. it's not just like a, a swear word. It's not, a, it's not in that context. It's demeaning. It's, a, it's an insult, yes, right. and it's demeaning, and it's... Um, but it can't be an using it. The person using it is to me is taking on this aura of superiority somehow. Okay. But listen, that she can call somebody a bitch. Can I tell you something? Sure. It can only be demeaning if you allow it to be. And I understand that initially when you're switching your perspective and you're using it, 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 it can make you bristle because you're not your whole life you've used you've seen it another way and it's it's causing a knee-jerk reaction for you and I get that. But it can't have that power over you if you don't give it that power. And it's a word that you get to define. And it's a word that I mean, for instance, Dan, you know, Dan, my very best friend in the whole world, he is a gay man. He is very uh, bitch-centric, and not that he's a bitch, but he uses the word a lot, and he uses it in a very friendly way, and we say it back and forth to each other. We say girl, bitch, whatever, and it's never – I never feel um, like – I'm disrespected or hurt. It's it's a term of endearment. Okay. And the more it's Can, said, the more it feels that way. Okay. Let me say something about that, though. Go ahead. I, I get that. And I get that a lot of people do accept it. A lot of women accept it as a perfectly uh, acceptable banter or connection with a girlfriend or uh, slightly throwing shade at somebody who's not there, but kind did of in a loving way. you just say throwing shade? I did. Oh my um, God, my but, baby's growing up. 
<laughs> so, so I understand it from that aspect. But the other part of it is there are many, many women who in my generation and maybe several years younger than me, and certainly those older than me, um, who take it as an affront. And I get it. So Give us a little background is, about you. Wait, wait, wait. Give the listeners a little background. What have you done? What's your life like been professionally? What have you, what have you done? Okay. Why? Let me just, let me just say the question, then we'll get back to it. Go ahead. Um, the question is, how do you know, mm-hmm. as a woman your age uh, or younger, mm-hmm. how do you know when it's acceptable to use that term in the way that you intend it and have it received in the way that you intend it without offending someone? How do you know? Do you go by age? Do you go by... That's a really good question, and I'll answer that. Thank you. Um, you... Especially if you're um, a newbie, you're a beginner on on throwing out the B word, you only use it with your close friends or people you know you wouldn't offend. So if you're practicing, I would say me, I'm safe, Dan's safe. You know, if you have a combo with your girlfriends about, hey, let's try this out, they're safe. And everyone else, not really, not until you get your bitch footing. And then you sort of see how much further you can take it and who's comfortable. We talk about this a lot. Like I, I, I'm a laugh whore. You know, I like to do anything to get a laugh. Uh-huh. And I am really good at, I'm typically good at reading a room and reading who I'm talking to. And honestly, if I don't know a person that well, but I'm having a really good rapport with them, like a younger woman, and I know it's a younger woman. I'll try it, but that's only because I've been fine and using the word for a long time and my spidey senses on that are a little better. You know, you have to put in the work and put in the bitch time to feel confident. So to answer your question, I'm safe, Dan is safe, and anybody you have the conversation with that, hey, I'm going to try this out with you, they would be safe to try it. And that's it. That's it. And and I wasn't really... um... I wasn't really communicating as well as I should have when I asked that question. Because I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about Wait, people mom. in general. Mom, what? do a strike that rephrase. Strike that. Let me rephrase. Thank you. I wasn't talking about people. You guys, just so everyone knows, my mom was a prosecutor for how many years, mom? Twelve. Twelve. And then she was a superior court judge elected by a landslide in two campaigns that I ran. Um, she was an elected judge in, in Arizona for how many years? Twelve. Twelve, too. Wow. Twelve's your number, eh? Mm, so eh. you have experience on on the bitch front for sure. Uh, I, I've i never been called bitch to my name in an ugly way. Not to your way. face. Not to your face. In my, I said me. to my face in an ugly way. Never. Right. Of course not because people knew better. But trust me, you're a pr- you were a prime candidate for being called a bitch behind closed doors because you, you were exactly who would have offended like the stereotypical toxic white male professional for sure. But I'm not a bitch. I'm no. a very kind person. No one is. Under that dynamic, no woman is. This is what's so. This is why it's so critical that we all try to take this back. And this is my point: the word "bitch" is empowering for the following reasons. When somebody is saying it to you in an aggressive, mean, attacking way, when especially a man, but when a, a person says that to you as a retort, that instantly tells you that you have won the argument. That they have nothing they can say. I call it the triumvirate. And I know we've had this conversation, but when somebody has to refer to um, the fact that you're ugly, that you're a slut, 
or that you're a bitch. One of those three. And ugly can include, you know, too old, too fat, too whatever, too this, and slut, you know, whore, all of those things. They go after your looks, your sexuality, or call you a bitch. Then you have instantly won. And instead of recoiling from that and feeling like your power has been taken, you should feel powerful because they have no legitimate argument. And I had to learn that really quickly because I I would say I'm a little more outspoken than you are just professionally and personally, but I've been called a bitch a lot, you know. And So why do we want to ingest call a person that name? Why do we – friends? Because it doesn't mean the same thing because – it's a term of endearment when you mean it in a loving way. And because it's such a term of endearment, when it comes at you in an ugly way, you say, I refuse to let that person make this an ugly word because it's a beautiful word. And I take the, I have the power of creating the word. And all it means is I'm winning. You just empowered me. You take all of their power to hurt you and attack you away. And it's the truth too. On top of this all, it's the truth. When, and I when understand go, that. I understand yeah. that. And especially from the context. Talking to your speaker. Just, okay. Is that better? Yes. Okay. It, especially from, I understand what you just said, especially in the context of the transformation in the last couple of years of the word pussy. Mom. Used to be a horrible word to say. And for a woman, my generation, it was filth. Jeez, it was you a needed to brace me for that. Filthy <sighs> word. Well, I didn't. So Good you can job. just. Because Uh we all had to, all of us, multi-generations of of women had to accept it and turn it around because of the idiot. Then you should understand. The misogynistic, disgusting idiot who put it on the airwaves for everybody to have to listen to. (laughs) So we all had to. Okay, and I'm talking about that. Donald Trump clearly, but well, listen, clearly. mom, what? Talking to your speaker. I'm, I know, I'm I know that you're talking with your hands right now, and you're getting you're just. I'm waving them around like crazy. I know, and that's why we're losing your sound. But oh, here's sorry. the thing: it, your argument is that you understand that concept with the con with pussy, but then you should understand what I'm trying to say about bitch. I do understand our it. Bitch, our bitch is your pussy. <laughs> Right, and here's the thing. And when did you think you'd ever say that? When you elevate on the air, right? When you elevate it to the c word, like don't let's not use it because this is the thing. I, I, I'm not not going to ever use that word. I don't have that level of comfort with the c word. I'm not there. There are a lot of women who choose to do the same thing with the c word, and it makes me bristle still because it still has power. Now I'm not happy about that, but I'm not willing to embrace that word. I just I'd like to I like to let it fly and just not have it be involved in myself but here's the thing i'm not going to tell other women that they can't use that word for empowerment i'm not going to tell them they can't i'm just telling you how it affects me so maybe i should get off of the phone and let other people get on and talk about words or concepts that have the same effect on them thanks for keeping me on track that is a very good idea okay judge all right. Thank you I love you. you. Hey, you were my very first caller ever in the whole world. Oh, that is so exciting. Thanks. Okay. I love you too, mommy. I love, okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You don't need to. Oh, wait. I have to send you out. Hold on. You have to turn me off. We're going to oh. send you out. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, there. I got her gone. Okay. 
I really hope that somebody else that's listening, I can see all y'all listening. I hope that one of you will hit the little call button and talk to me and tell me what your take is on bitch. Keep in mind, you don't need to agree with me. You don't need to agree with my mom. I just want to know what you think and how you deal with it and what you're going to do. And then if you don't call, I'll just cry later into my red blend. No biggie. I'll just be here waiting for y'all. Avery and Olivia, I want to use your corner right now. Okay. Oh, we have a caller on the phone. Olivia, how shocking. One of my producers. Okay. I'm getting really good at taking these callers. Well, I feel like I am. Everybody at home is probably like. Amy, you're killing it. You are getting great at it. (laughs) Oh, wait. I didn't. Hold on. Hold on. I muted you. Snap. I'm going to just talk while I figure out what I did. There she is. There's Liv. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hey. Yes. Now I'm inviting you to speak. Oh, amazing. Okay. And now you're – there you are. You moved to speaker. See, Yay. everybody at home, what you don't understand or wherever you are is that I'm actually working the little controls of this situation while I'm talking. So <laughs> it's a little bit scary, but – um, Olivia, tell me, did you hear the conversation? What do you think? Where do you stand on bitch? Now you're younger. You don't mm-hmm. have to say your age. What do you want to say what generation you're in? Uh, I, you know, this is actually, I'm like right on the line between Gen Z and millennial. So I believe okay. we call ourselves zillennials. I, I love it. Love the new it. hip yeah. term for it is. Um, but I personally like love it when people call me a bitch, right. which is, well, when your friends that you, that say it in a loving way call you that, right? Right. But even it's like, I feel like, you know, there's been certain times where perhaps it's been in not meaning a complimentary way, but sort of similar mm-hmm. to what you're saying, where it's like, if someone has to just resort to call me, calling me a bitch and that's all they can say. Yes. Like that, that gives me a little feeling of power that's in right. a certain way. Because like you're winning. You, you take it back. And I think also... You know, in my generation, like calling people, calling someone a bitch, it doesn't mean, I don't like, I think socially, like at least in my circles and at college, like calling someone a bitch is not the same thing as like calling them mean or calling them a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's like we've sort of like accepted this stereotype of, you know, a bitch used to just be like a powerful woman and like that's right. what the word that we has to, had to use it. So we just yes. have embraced it. At this case point. in point, the phrase, yeah. I'm that bitch, Yeah. which in case you all don't know this phrase, you know, I'm that bitch is when you're like, look at me uh, to quote, you know, my black pink, look at me now, look at you now, look mm-hmm. at me. But anyway, yep. when you're saying, uh, I am that bitch. Oh, I am all that. I am the queen. And you're calling yourself a bitch and you're calling it out for everybody to see. And like, you're proud of it. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, you're saying, oh, you're a queen. That's exactly what it is. You're saying, mm-hmm. look, queen. And it's also a great way to stop somebody in their tracks. Like I find I use it a lot in conversation with friends when I'm like, when, when somebody's going on and getting really excited and, and you need to get their attention, you're like, bitch, listen, like, bitch, please. You know, like mm-hmm. you say it almost like a er, kind of like, listen, like it's urgent. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's just, it, it has, it adds a little punch to it mm-hmm. and punctuation. Like it is, it just feels, it feels powerful in that way. But it's a powerful kick. I yeah. love it too. I feel the exactly. same. And you know, I didn't always feel that way. I had to learn it really quick when I was in law school because mm-hmm. let me tell you, I was that bitch and not in a good way to them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was like, I was in a very conservative state. I, they used to call me that liberal. 
you know, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, they were calling me that to my face. So I couldn't even imagine what they were calling me behind their, my back. And my whole thing was they are never going to see this makeup flake. Like it's right, never, right. they will never I see this that. crack. You know, it's so it's like, like, if someone mm-hmm. calls you a bitch in that negative way, that says more about them than yes. it does about you. Yes. It says that they're, they're backed into a corner. Mm -hmm. They literally have nothing. And whatever you have just said to them has scared slash shocked them so much that all they can do is like throw out bitch. Exactly. Exactly. It's like you've, you, you've like left them speechless in a way that they don't have anything else. (laughs) Which we all love. (laughs) And I'm very proud. I've gotten my mom on board with, with throwing bitch out there. You have? How did you do that? Because I need some help. You heard It was this, it was a, it's a years long effort. You know, it was like the, the steering away from like, no, we don't, we don't call anyone like, like in a derogatory manner a bitch but it's like when someone right. is amazing we do yes like boss yes. bitch like that whole thing boss so it was the bitch is the best yeah. oh my god and see that's is that siren me or you it's me yeah. sorry you're in new york that's right <laughs> yeah um so i have one that goes down the street like every week so i, I know what you're saying but um yeah it's the same thing and that's i don't I'm not trying to convince my mom because I, I want to control her. Or I want her to do what I'm doing. I want her to feel the, like the happiness I feel mm-hmm. of feeling empowered from a bitch scenario. Yeah. Like I, I want her to like, instead of being controlled by the word, I want her to feel how great it can feel. Cause it's, it's a really great feeling. It is. It is. I remember the best thing was I said it to my mom once and yeah. she did like a little hair flip and walked out the house. And, like, oh my God. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best yeah. See, mom. If you're listening, Olivia's mom, not, not that, you know, you need to do everything on your own time. But the one thing I can say about my mother is she's incredibly progressive. She's, she's only 20 years older than me. She had me really young and she was always that really progressive mom that was like, you can talk to me about anything, anything. And she meant it. And I tested her. Let me tell you. And whenever my little girlfriends and I would be having a convo about like things we couldn't talk about, I'd be like, hold on, let me call my mom at work. And I'd call her at work and I'd be like, mom, what's a queef? And without even like missing a beat, she'd be like, well, it's when sometimes there's a little bit of air. Like she would go straight into it. And like, there was no shame. There was no shame in that game. She, she had a really conservative mom and she made a point to like, you know, be really like my kid can say anything and talk about anything. There's no shame. So I'm hopeful that your generation has embraced it so much and my generation, which is Jen, what am I? I'm not X, Y, that's a boy. I have (laughs) no idea. I'm I'm generation X, Y. I'm generation X. Wait, no. What? I'm not going to say my age. We'll talk about this later, but I'm. We'll figure it out for next week. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm Gen Z. That's what it is. I'm Gen Z. I don't know. Gen Z is like below me. No. Oh, so I, I wish. <laughs> like in spirit, I probably yeah. am Gen yeah, yeah, yeah. Z. Yeah, My best friend and I talk about that all the time. I'm like, we're like 14 with credit cards. This is really <laughs> scary. No, I'm Gen X. I'm Gen X. Got it. I'm Gen X. Um so yeah, and the fact that my generation is has learned how to like take that on and switch, and we're teaching the ones above us. It's frankly, it's the boomers that we gotta convince now. But it's slowly working. but surely. It's slowly working but surely. Because you all are just 
you've taken the ball and run and it's so exciting. Yeah. I just want to say too, before I, I hop off and leave yeah. you to center stage, um, big fan of Mama Vanderpool. I think she's a badass. So would <laughs> she love to, is a badass. Would you love have no to idea. <laughs> and you're totally invited to our house in Arizona. She makes killer cocktails. She's oh my God. So amazing. much fun. See yeah, you yeah. She loves to host parties and stuff and we have a great, it'll be great. We'll talk okay. about it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Liv. Thanks, Amy. Bye-bye. So that was Olivia, one of my producers. She's fantastic. And she is Jen, Jen. She's a millennial, Jen, whatever, a millennial. I don't know, whatever she said. She's much younger than I am. And she, like, they all love the bitch term. So I'm sure I could find, like, a 20-something-year-old girl that, you know, is offended by it somewhere. I'm sure it's not hard. I'm sure it's in the middle of the country. But um, anyway, that's what's that. Um, The other things I wanted to kind of talk about, aside from, you know, the bitch convo, (laughs) is um, that with regard to this new announcement from Biden about, or not from Biden, but from Justice Breyer today, about uh, retiring from the Supreme Court and Biden announcing his new pick, I decided not to focus on that today. I'm going to probably tackle that one next week because I think everybody's sort of running to get all worried about, oh God, who's going to obstruct what? And while that is smart, because we know they will, I think we're a little more okay on this front, and I'm not going to borrow trouble. I think we might be able to get this through. Now, if we can't, you know, I'll talk about that when it happens, but I'm just going to kind of bask in the moment of feeling like I can really trust President Biden's commitment to selecting a black woman and the fact that the bench is quite deep for really qualified black women, especially at the appellate level, to come up and to be appointed. So I really want to just take a moment and think about that and think about, you know, as as bad as things have gotten, um, meaning Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett and Gorsuch um, and Thomas, and I mean, I can keep going, but as bad as things, you know, when Justice Roberts is like, your go-to guy, things are bad. Things are real bad. So as bad as things have gotten, we have to take these moments of real accomplishment and pride and achievement and, you know, look, this wonderful thing is going to happen despite it. Another thing along that line that I like to think about is, you know, as, as awful as these attacks on Roe have been, if you've been listening to any of the arguments before the Supreme Court on these two cases where they're trying to, you know, pull down elements of Roe v. Wade and Casey, which is the right to abortion, or limit it severely, Justice Sotomayor, she she has just come through and just some of the things she has said or have just been so powerful and so inspirational and so great. And I don't know if that moment would have happened as much if Justice Ginsburg were here. I I mean, I would give anything to have RBG back, but I'm just saying she has really become a shining star and kind of a beacon to guide us. And, and that's been really lovely to see. And I just, I cling to that too. So in the same way in the same manner. I'm going to cling to the idea that we are going to have the nomination of an incredibly qualified, wonderful black woman judge, and that we're going to get to see all of her wonderful qualities and accomplishments at, uh, on, you know, on the, during the hearing process. Um, And, you know, however long they decide to take, it's only going to make them look stupid because 
whoever she is, she's going to shine and it's going to be fantastic. And if anybody decides to obstruct, it's only going to help us in the midterms. I just see the timing of this as very beneficial, which I believe is probably why Breyer, an incredibly brilliant man, did what he did. And I'm really glad he decided to to take one for the team here, so to speak. And I really hope also that he's not ill and that's why this isn't happening, but who knows. Um, so there'll be more on that. I'm going to talk probably next week in more depth about what's going to go on with that. And Russia is a concern. want to talk about that too. And I really want to get into, you know, over the next few months as we go into the midterms, I want to get into activist fatigue um, because I know a lot of people are, are doing things and trying to turn out the vote and working in politics in ways they either have or they have before or they never have before. And it can get really um, depressing and hard and it can be hard to keep going. And, and you can just feel like, you know, what's the point? And this is hopeless. It's, it's never going to work. And the thing to always remember about democracy is that it was intentionally created to be slow. It's a large, big boat that has to be moved gradually. And in the same way that that can be infuriating and drive everybody crazy, it was done that way to protect us. And so it, it, it does protect us. As much as we feel like things have been stripped down and all of our protections are gone and the law isn't doing what it's supposed to, it, it's getting better. Things are happening. The law and and democracy are just very slow and they have to be methodical and they have to go a certain way. So it's good to remember that. And just take a breather and take a time out when you need to. And maybe this here at Colin, this will be, um, you know, sort of the way to just refuel, have some talk, 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 talk some smack, you know, just sit down and be like, oh, my God, I'm so frustrated with the, 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 the. you know, and maybe this will be a good place to just vent that and feel better and realize you're not alone. Because let me tell you, I'm one of the most optimistic people out there and I'm feeling it. And if I'm feeling that cynical side and that frustrated and that burnout side, everyone else is too. You're not alone. So let's just hold hands and stick together and get through it Cause, and, and try to have a little bit of fun because everything sort of sucks right now. So my goal is to have a little bit of fun, lighten it up, and have a good time here with y'all. So thank you to everyone who took some time to listen. Again, you should be following me at Twitter. My handle is at Girls really rule. My name is Amy Vanderpool, and I can also be found at Shiro, shiro.substack.com. That's my newsletter at Substack. Take great pride in that. And there's a lot of great information over there, too. You can check it out. So I hope that you'll join me next week. Um, I think we're going to do the same time, but you can check my Twitter to see the announcement. Thursday, 3 o'clock-ish. Why don't we hang out here? Bring some wine or something. Okay, I hope to talk with you then.